nation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Give as a function of your love for God. 
And so whether it's 10% or 30%, what's more important is the attitude of your heart and the generosity of your spirit. The money is what leaves your hand, but the offering is what leaves your heart.
from verse 14, he says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Look at somebody say, We're family members. Just say, We're family. He says that He will grant unto you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your by faith. So God's desire is not for scriptures to dwell in your mind by logic. It's for Christ to dwell in your heart by faith. That means scripture can dwell in your mind by logic or repetition and Christ is not dwelling in your heart so let's use beans as an example anybody here ever picked beans yeah why James said remember beans when you're a kid and when you're picking beans you have the husk right you remember the husk that's that pod like the pod thing not your ear pod or eye pod okay well maybe eye pod as in black eye What do you do? Do you swallow the husk? What do you do to the husk? You separate it because what your body needs is not the husk, it is the, the beans. So the revelation of Christ is the beans. The letter is the husk. Do you need the husk to hold the beans or not? Is the husk the beans? Look at your neighbor. Say separate the husk from the beans. The Pharisees, they knew the husk. John 7, 37. Ye search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. But they are they which testify of me. They are they which bear witness or bear the substance or point to the real thing. That means that the Pharisees were like, ah, Jesus, we know husks and husks and husks, but they were so used to the husks that they became husky. And when the beans showed up, they didn't recognize it. So their knowledge lacked something. What did their knowledge lack here? He said that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and in what? So what did their what did their knowledge lack? What did their knowledge lack? Knowledge without love is destructive. Knowledge based on love is constructive. Two people can know your secrets and it turns out differently. One person knows your secret and he begins to secrete rumors about you. The other one knows your secret and takes it to the secret place of the most high. Look at somebody say, are you secreting my secret? So you didn't look at anybody. Look at somebody. Say, are you secreting my secrets? Sounds like I don't have any. 
Jesus said to them, watch what he said. He said, ye whitewashed sepulchre. What does that mean? What's a sepulchre? What's a sepulchre? What's a sepulchre? Grave. Two. A place for dead stuff. Now, when you have dead stuff, is the body there? Is the body there? Is the life there? So not everybody has life. That's on like four levels. Not every body has life. Not every human being carries life. And not every body of believers. A body of Christians, if you will. Religious. Say so you're whitewashed. In other words, when someone looks at you on the outside, you look all posh. Like you drive a Porsche. It's actually Porsche. Huh? That's a real pronunciation, right? Porsche. So you look posh and clean and touch and all of that. People want to take selfies with you, but there is no life on the inside of you. And then he now said, this is the problem, John. This is the problem. Come. This is the problem. The problem is, Derek, can you come? When people are trying to come to me, I am life. He says, you are blocking the door. No, you got to block the door. So I'm, I'm like, I'm Jesus, come to me, all you with a heavy lady, come, come. It's like you're blocking them, you got to block them. Now, not, not only do you block them, you now cannot have like loads and stuff, bags and, who has a trailer in the house? <laughs> so you now say to her, now fulfill the Lord. How long have you fasted? Listen, are you going to wait on this? You will leave, right? Could it be that the reason people are not being pulled to the body of Christ is that we are projecting a false Christ? Jesus did not say, I will burden you with stuff. He said, come to me with your burdens and I'm going to relieve you. Sorry, that. I'm going to relieve you of that. Then, watch this. He says, take upon you my yoke. Now, what is yoke? Relationship. Because my burden is light and my yoke is easy. What is my burden? What my heart cares for? Nations, generations, souls. Why is it light? Because you're not, can I have that thing? Can I have that thing? Can I have that thing please, that black thing? Why is it light? It's not light because the load is not heavy. It's light because I'm the person carrying it. person carrying it, but they can't see me, they can see you. So you represent me. I will send you another comforter, a helper, who's the one carrying the load. 
Look at somebody say serving Jesus is sweet. because you've not gotten the foundation of love. So watch this. Why does the enemy attack you in the place of love? Why did many of us get perverted understanding of love? For most of us, the first time we heard love was not in a safe space. It was in a nasty space. The first time we had consciousness of love, I don't know if there's anybody who used to have elite parties in their school. Lit? Remember lit? Oh, you guys don't have lit parties. What do they call it in America? They call it a... What do they call that in America? Prom. Yeah? Prom night. How many of you have those parties in secondary school where you date somebody or go out with somebody that you've been scoping since GM, GS1? Some of y'all didn't do that. Be proud of the gift God gave you. Some of you, it was a gift, but the enemy wanted to hijack it. Because it wanted to affect your love life. Why did he pervert that space? Why did your first relationship end up in a heartbreak? Nasty heartbreak. Yeah? Anybody like that? Come on, be honest. Okay, if your first relationship didn't end up in a heartbreak, why are you in another one? Grow apart. Candy said didn't break, it just bent. The last heart bender. Right? Oh, I see. Some of you were the breaker of the heart. Some of you, when you still think about your ex, all you can do is to add a V. Vex. For some of you, after you broke up with your ex, you realize that your ex was a Y. 
why did I? But some of you, when you broke up with your ex, you now even ended up with a why. There's some of you, you are still standing with the X and the Y, calculus, divide the X. <laughs> For the maths, you became efficient in emotional mathematics. Diverse of Pythagoras theorem because you are in a love triangle. <laughs> now listen, listen, listen. But why? Why? Why was enemy so interested? He was not that interested in the area of your communication, as in to speak was not that hard. To learn how to drive after bashing the car two or three times, you got it together. Cooking, you fried it. It was fried yam, became fried pot. Like me. <laughs> right? Burnt offering. You turned the kitchen to a temple. Glory cloud, incense. <laughs> but why this love theme? Because Psalms 11 verse 3 says, If the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And love is the foundation. So once I mess you up in the foundation of love, I will definitely introduce false lines and cracks in your building. Your understanding of love determines the parameters of your productivity. So you notice that when you had that heartbreak, you could not think straight for weeks. Yeah. Every song you were seeing the face. Yeah. I want to see your face. They're like, no, I don't want to see your face, but your face keeps popping, popping, popping. It's like, you know those windows that just pop up on your computer? You don't want to play the game. They keep bringing, they play this game. Hero, theft. So, your foundation because that's what God builds on. Your faith is ineffective without a proper understanding of God's love for you. How do I know that? Galatians chapter 5 verse 4. Galatians 5 verse 4 says that in Christ it's not about circumcision or uncircumcision but faith that works how? That works how? By law. Just like your mobile phone cannot make calls without a SIM card your faith cannot deliver without love. Love is the trigger for the bullet of faith. Love is the propellant force. Love is the launch pad. Love is the building ground. It's good to see you, bro. Love is the premise for growth. And so when you don't love somebody, it's easy for you to believe the worst of them, right? But when you love people, what do you do? You believe the best for them. So you love somebody and you used to snore, or the person used to snore like I used to. When we first got married, I could snore for the nation. Gold medal, and the gold medal at the Olympic snoring competition goes to...
saying ah how come I didn't sit beside that girl today I would have known the answer to all my inner meditations so what does a foundation determine a foundation determines the scope of the building that means what God can do with the building of my life is limited by my scope of love So to grow in impact, I grow in love. To grow in influence, I grow in love. To grow in rich, I grow in love. To grow in height, how do I grow? In love. Because the height of a building is limited by its foundations. So the deeper I am in love with God, the higher I can rise for him. You can't stand for God. God's seed is so potent, he will impregnate you in one night. So Psalms 23, David understood this law. He said, the Lord is my... David didn't say the Lord is our shepherd. He said, the Lord is... Some of us have been hiding under collective relationship. Parapoism. Spiritual Boboraism. We are children of God. Have you gone to the place of personal relationship? I am a child of God. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. What will happen? I shall not want. What does it mean? People may be wanting. And they may be wanted. But I will not want. Can I just explain something to somebody? That the degree of supply you receive from heaven is even regulated by the degree of your understanding of God's love for you. Because 
when you know that God loves you, then you know that your daily sustenance is not debatable. Let me ask a question. Is anybody here who ever owned a dog? D-O-G. A dog. Anybody? Dog? Lovely dog? Dog, dog? Dog, dog. Okay. Who had a proper dog? As in, not just a jack. A posh. What breed was it? Pardon? Asamid. Asamid. Serpent. An American Eskimo. All right. But what's that Tush name? Tell me. Okay. I will collect so I can use it for social conversations. But anyway, you're an American Eskimo. You got it. Were you excited about it? Very excited, right? When Poppy. Now, how did you relate with it? You watch a play, you cuddle it, you carry it, right? You feed it. That's a dog. David understood the relationship between himself and his sheep, that he was not going to allow his sheep and fall away and he positioned himself in the scheme of God's love and said wow the Lord is my shepherd did you just leave that, that American Eskimo to say well you're an American Eskimo you love the ice anti-side freezer so you're an Eskimo did you do that but it's an Eskimo right that means that there are certain things that we do that makes us deserve certain environments but God still doesn't place us there. That means that when you call yourself fornicator, funny communicator, God does not treat you like that. Are you getting this? So, well, well yeah, American Eskimo, the Americans have money, go and buy yourself lunch now. No, you take care of it. God's love is so deep and so potent that it covers up even errors you are not aware you have. And the gaps you are not aware you have. So David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I want us to shout it boldly. The Lord is my shepherd. Shout it. David had knowledge and his knowledge was not rooted in fear. His knowledge was rooted in his brother's they had knowledge. They had been to military academy. Saul had knowledge. How do I know that Saul had knowledge? Watch this. When David went to meet Saul to say, oh, I'm going to kill this giant. In fact, he didn't go to meet Saul. People took him to Saul because they understood in battle formation, no matter how gifted you are, you have to be at the beck and call of the battle commander. That's why even in the house, you don't just do just about anything anyhow, even though you can do it, but because there is the leadership in the house and government in the house, it is God that establishes that for proper order and for the fulfillment of his will without casualties. So they bring David before Saul and Saul says, take my armor. Somebody say knowledge. Just the armor. When David removes the armor, what does Saul say? Saul said, God be with you. Saul, why can't God be with you? Because you can know the lyrics and the singing of key. He knew theoretically. 
emphatically that if God is with you, you will defeat the lion, the the, the giant. But David did not just know inside his heart, or rather inside his head. He knew inside his heart because when he stood before Goliath, he said, you come against me with swords and spears, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. What does Proverbs say? The name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous run into it so when David was running against Goliath he saw himself inside a strong tower he was a mobile tower running against Goliath and even though Goliath was tall the shortest tower is taller than the biggest giant are you understanding this love thing it is love that guarantees you the victory in your battle it's not the sharpness of your sword it's not the speed of your sword it's not the elasticity of your sling it's not the loudness of your voice it's knowing that God loves me too much to leave me without victory God loves me too much to leave me without my healing to leave me without my promotion to leave me without my provision and if there is a delay in the process even that delay is a regulation of love come on even that delay is a regulation of his disposition even that waiting period has a purpose in the grand scheme of things slap somebody a high five and tell him God loves you God loves you some of you slap the person a high five but you didn't say anything help me go to three will tell them God loves me I don't always get it right I don't I said go to three people I don't always get it right but he loves me I don't always have it together but he loves me I don't always have it under control but he loves me God loves me Jerry. 
kisses. <laughs> so when you're in love with somebody, do you want to talk to them or not? Yeah. Remember when we were dating? Just wanted to see her face and be around her. I still want to now. And I still do it now. But we now have plenty of children like you people. But she would also send me epistles and notes. Like literally, oh, it's 3.10 p.m. And this is what I'm going to be doing between now and, right? Between now. As in like she sent me like that three times a day. Sweet stuff. When you're in love with God, prayer is messaging. Some of you, you are now in legal love. God, I want to pray now. Can we start praying? You are fine, Omega. We worship you, my God. We, oh, it's only you. We worship you, my God. We Eternal, eternal life. Eternal, eternal life. I want to have eternal life. That is so. I want to have eternal life. Lord, well so. What happens in John chapter 5? He that believes in me already has eternal life and he shall not perish. So you start with the first 10 minutes on doing the finished work of Christ. All the angels are in awe. You want to have eternal life. What do you have now? Eternal life? Love really? Look at some say I love him like that. Please. Which Bible was Adam reading? So you skip your Bible reading for one day and you now allow guilt for the next seven days. The trap. Did I just deliver somebody right now? Adam was not reading any Bible. Eve was not reading any Bible. But they had fellowship and communion. And that's what God wants. Because reading the Bible without communion is reading the textbook but hating the lecturer. The Bible should aid communion. The Bible should help communion. The Psalms we quote and memorize were the poems from people's hearts. Where are your poems? You're sending to one boy. Write the Lord poems. So the songs that I sing are my poems and rhythms. How I love you, Lord. I love you more. I love you, Lord. Do you understand? Every song is the echo of somebody's thoughts. David was so in tune. 
He didn't say, ah! Agbon, 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 agbon. Ah! Why you see me? In the book of Marshall, the fire chapter one. They come against me, come. Joke, joke. He personalized the scripture and said, You come against me with swords and spears, but I come against you in the name. Now, that's not something you learn in the battlefield. That's something you've embodied before the battle showed up. So the battle becomes an opportunity to reveal and reflect the depth of divine devotion based on discipline that you've gathered over years. And so when life's battles come against you, your natural response is the effulgence of God's glory, the manifestation of your identity, and the reflection of his power. Slap somebody a high five and tell them I love him like that. I love him. How many of you were in a relationship where now with the benefit of wisdom and hindsight, you know you were crazy in that relationship? Come on somebody. But, but you, you knew you loved the person. Some of you spoke to people in a relationship and they thought about their lives. And said, ah, now maybe this. <laughs> Take my David was not the best of people morally, but his heart was right with God. So let me quickly give you one and then I'll give you a couple of points. Acts chapter 13, verse 22. Let's read that. Acts 13. judges for about 450 years until Samuel, hey, the prophet, somebody is going to be the until of their family. And everybody was behaving the same way, graduating the same way, earning the same way, until Lucy, until Tammy, until Doreen, until Aliami, until Then they ask for a king. That means they were saying to God, your prophet is not good enough. 
careful what you ask God for after he's given you one thing. Because that thing might be the beginning of a new series of problems. It was God to give them. God, David said, the Lord is my he said, my times and seasons are in his hands and many such things he performs for me. When you read Psalm 23, you're going to see trust, the thread of trust running all through. The only time David took responsibility in Psalm 23, instead of responding to God's ability, when he decided to do something by himself, it landed him in trouble. Look at that. The Lord is mine. I shall not. He makes me lie down in what else does it do? Leads me beside still waters and he restores my soul. Yay! Though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death. God doesn't lead you through the valley of the shadow of death but you can choose to walk there. James said with him there is no variableness that there is any shadow of time. So why is it taking you through a shadow place? Come on, somebody. Can I preach? So it was David that walked through the valley by himself. But God still went after him. Because when the sheep strayed, God's grace is able to locate. I know that there is GPS, the global positioning system, but there is also GPS, the grace provision system that comes looking for you. A shadow. Whenever you see death, you see darkness, right? So if there's a valley of the shadow of death, that means there's shadow, but there can never be shadow without lights. So even in your valley, God becomes the light that showed you you were in the wrong place. Because some people were in the valley and they didn't know they had fallen. Some people had lost it, they didn't know. The reason you still knew was that the light of God was still shining enough to say, you don't belong to the beer parlor, to the pub, to the fornicator's bed. You don't belong to the gambling square. You don't belong to the manipulative gossip and grimy group on WhatsApp. You don't belong to that. The light of God still reaches you. Look at somebody say, where were you when grace found you? Ask that person, where were you when grace found you? Oh, I feel like preaching. Grace found some of us in our boyfriend's houses. Grace found some of us in our girlfriend's houses. Grace found some of us when we were chewing all kinds of powder and things. Who am I speaking to? Some of you are so complacent, feeling like you always had it together. Like you never committed a scene or slept with somebody you're not married to. But is there anybody who was found by grace? Who was redeemed by grace? who was saved by grace is there anybody who wants to shout hallelujah slap three more high five tell them grace found me grace found me grace found me oh grace found me and it didn't leave me where I was it pulled me
like when you say, you know, when you score high marks in school, you say, I, I got 95. When you get 43, say the lecturer, Saul was given. But David was the plan. And God said concerning David, he said, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. And when he had removed him, see, you see that? God gave and then he removed because it was not the original plan. Because when David comes, what did he say? He said, David will never lack a person sit on the throne. He never says that concerning Saul. He never says that. He says, for this David, a seed is going to come from his loins. And David will never lack one from his loins to sit on the throne. But he didn't see the concern of Saul. He said when he had removed him, he raised up for them. So there are two kinds of kings. Those who are given and those who are raised. That's why we have this, this process. We can easily set up departments, units, whatever I call this person, pastor, this one, director of ministry, this one, inspector general of teams, principal, police officer, spiritual prayer mantis, PG, prayer generator, generator. There's something about a person who was raised, not just one who was put there. God raises kings. That's why our motto is raising kings. It's a process. He said, David raised the man, he raised uh, up for them David as king, to whom also he gave this testimony. Who gave the testimony? Who gave the testimony? Oh, come on, look in your Bible. Wait, wait, look in your Bibles. Acts 13. Who gave the testimony? God gave the testimony and said, I have found who? David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. Someone says, All my wishes. I have found a man after my heart. Now, look at this. If I say to you, Oh, I found somebody who has pounded yam and begiri in their bag. Now, that means not everybody has it. Come on, people. If you are commonly found, you're commonly forgotten. God said, I found a man after my heart. Please, did David kill or Killed, killed, and killed, and killed, and killed, and killed, and killed. God said, Your hands are full of blood. I can't, please don't just build this building, this temple. Did David sleep with somebody's wife or not? Huh? Indeed. David expressed his love for God in different ways. Let me give you three or four points. Number one, David expressed his love for God through consistent connection. Consistent, conscious connection to his presence. To God's presence. David said, how I love your presence. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs. See, it's a craving, it's a yearning. And sometimes we become dull to that craving and to that yearning. 
we become dull to it. Your life can dull your spiritual senses, can't it? Just dulls you live deadlines and bills and attempts and this one and that one. So that's the first thing. The conscience, you can cultivate that presence. Call somebody, you know what? I'm feeling dullness in my spirit. Can we pray together? Can you pray with me? Pray on the tongues. I pray in tongues on the phone. The call of my friends. Get on the phone and pray in tongues. When I'm with my wife, sometimes I will just pray. This is not even planned. Spontaneous pray. No, we have spontaneous worship. Also, have spontaneous pray. You understand? And you know something about those spontaneous prayers and all of that? Number one, you lose track of time. But number two, sometimes five minutes is enough. It just, it just, something just shifts. Practice that. Practice that. I think it was Smith Wigglesworth. It's called. He said, I've never prayed for more than 30 minutes in my life. But I don't remember the last time 30 minutes passed without me praying. He was the one that had the policy no Bible, no bread. So before he had any meal, he would bring out his Bible. He had a small Bible he put in his breast pocket. Bring out his Bible and read. Because he said, Man shall not leave. You remember the word. Man shall not leave. I read the Bible word comes out of the mouth of God and he took it literally. The word says the word of God is health to our bones, life to all our flesh. Right? So cultivating that consciousness and we cannot hear this enough. I know you hear it often. You keep saying it because sometimes you forget. Sometimes life happens. Cultivate the presence. Number two, meditate constantly on the word of God. It said how I love your word. How I love your word. I believe Psalm 119, 47 to 48, 119, 47 to 48. For I delight in your commands because I love them. I lift up my hands to your commands, which I love. When you lift up your hands, what are you saying? I'm under arrest, right? David is, pardon, surrender. David is saying, your instruction is my arrest. When you have said it, I'm there. Some of us, we have this protracted debate with God. Good evening, Mr. George, panel of judges, fellow witnesses. I'm here to propose to you that what God is trying to say is not the best version of what he can do. David said, I lift my hands, I worship, I surrender to your word. Psalm 119. For the 70, 48, it says, I love them. So I don't just surrender out of, ah, she be a powerful. I surrender out of, you have my best interest at heart. So if you're telling me to do this, I trust you. I honor you. I love you. I yield to you. I surrender to you. It said, I live for my own commandments, which I love, and I meditate on your decrees. Now, I love Job 23 verse 12. Job 23 verse 12. I have not departed from the command of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. More than my daily bread. More than my daily bread. And finally, I've taught this before, but that was one of my barracks. But you can read it yourself. Psalm 119, is the final verse. Remember this one. 119162. I rejoice in your promise like one who finds great spoil. Another one says, I rejoice in your word like one who di discovers 
a great treasure. So when I find a revelation from the word, a promise from the word, I'm excited. I respond with joy. Whether it's in corporate gatherings like this or by myself. When you're reading your Bible, sometimes just jump up and dance. Thank you, Jesus. And when you say now something in you awakens. It's awake, oh sultry and heart. Something in you awakes. Something in you. Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift of God. In other words, do some gymnastics, some activity. Walk around the house. Parental call Yavazoas. Rejoice like one who has found gold. If all of a sudden, remember there was a time in Nigeria where you know this telecoms companies they were planting their masks on people's houses, you remember? When the first thing was in the coverage areas, and it used to be maybe like 15 or 20 million back then, 30 million perhaps, to the to the owners of the property. Now, people used to pray out, ah, let them find signal in my area. Let them remember that? Was a civil engineer, so I used to do some of those signs at the time. Back then, they were rejoicing in the family because this telco or that telco planted their stuff in your house. Let me tell you, a revelation is a divine mast planted in your space for people to have connectivity and receptivity, and it comes with more than 30 million. The world will trade their treasures for insight at the time they need it from God can make you a multi-millionaire and it can cost you to give the multi-millions away because what you love is not the money it is the word of God some of you won't understand something that happens to you you won't understand what it will happen for you in the name of Jesus let me not go there but it will happen for you you will taste and see number three sacrificial praise
this house, you want to be a member of the service team, but your schedule cannot allow you the way it's, your life is currently constructed. Give your best. If we're having an outreach meeting, we're having we're having a lot of programs this year. Not overwhelmingly so, but we might show snippets of the next uh, couple of months. We're having games night. We're having beach party. We're having a camp meeting, an intensive camp meeting. We're having evangelistic outreaches. Shout it loud. That's a big one. We're trusting God for 3,000 to 5,000 people. In September, we're going to talk about that. We're having all of that. It's called Shout It Loud because we want to shout out what God is doing in pockets and places. God is doing amazing things in many corners and many spaces. But whatever one you can be a part of, be a part of it. Let people not call twice. Let's not call twice. Say, oh, we want people that can help us with flowers and publicity or, or makeup or, or guest protocol or to the house of God. Let's stand. The grace has found me just as I am empty-handed. I call you majesty.
year. That's that's not right. 